Hello and welcome to Premier League on Tap, your EPL Draft Fantasy Podcast. My name is Nate. Joining me today is Zach and Peter. Boys, how are we doing today? Doing great. Yeah. I just realized the shirt I'm wearing is kind of loud, so you might hear some <laughs> rustling from my side. <laughs> Fair <laughs> I enough. I have to shed it here as we, uh, as we get a little further along. But yeah, doing good. I'll, uh, quick recap for me. I, uh, it was a great... Well, weekend in general, I went three and zero. It's been a long time since I've done that in my uh, nice. in my leagues. Um, Spurs won. The only bad part about it was if any of you took my uh, my starts of the week last week. Advice was, you know, less than good. Dawson with Wolves did okay, seven around seven eight, depending on your scoring with with a goal against. But Somerville and Isaac both blanked. We'll chalk the uh, the Isak up to up to Nick Pope and his and his hilarious <laughs> first quarter out of the box decision. But that was uh, so wild yeah. to watch. Oh, I, it was. I mean, I, I it was kind of upsetting because you wanted to see a better game, but it yeah. the moment alone was worth my time. <laughs> Zach, how'd you do this weekend? Uh, me and my quiet shirt. Over here went um, <laughs> went three and zero as well, or four and zero actually, because cup matches and whatnot. So, yeah, no, it was a good week. Um, my starts of the week were also pretty putrid, with Evan Ferguson dropping sub five, Poro not even starting. Um, although if you pivoted and went to Emerson, then you know he got a goal, um, and then Hamadraoré just getting a you know, around 10 points or so. So, you know, I've had worse, but was not the return to glory for Evan Ferguson that I or many of our listeners may have hoped for. Yeah. Man, I uh, I think we did something right last week because I also went 3-0 and in my three leagues. So, uh, I mean, I mean, look at us. I mean, who would have thought wow. that look we'd be here? Look at us. <laughs> look at us. No losses. <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> insert gif uh <laughs> but uh yeah i mean i, I kind of spoke it into existence last week but uh the top overall spot uh in the genie league is now mine the one seed lost and i won so i am top overall in that league hopefully it can continue the rest of the season that would be actually pretty sweet but uh, but still I no, was still no message from the guy who you were tied with, right? No, no, I have yet to speak with him. So uh, <laughs> it sounded like a threat when I listened back to it. If I'm being honest, I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. I was, I had my finger on the trigger of like hiring a hitman to take this guy out, but mm-hmm. you know, we, it, it happened on its own. So I don't need to dial that phone number. We'll keep that in the pocket for a later day. Yeah, he bought himself uh, some time. Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I also didn't do that great with my starts of the week. I had, uh, I had gotten Brian and Buemo right, I guess. Um, it, without the assist, he had a terrible game, but he ended up getting the assist, shot him 10 points, which is okay. Uh, Luke Ayling, 2.25 points, not a great outing from Leeds, uh, but Carlos Alcaraz did not play, so... Nothing really hurting there. Um, this week, though, for game week 25, 
it's going to be something a little different. We have four teams that blank this week in Manchester United, Brighton, Newcastle, and Crystal Palace. And then we have four teams with double game weeks in Wolves, Everton, Arsenal, and who's the last one? Liverpool. Yeah, so uh, a lot going on here. We will unpack everything as we go along. So let's kick this off. We are starting with one of the double game week teams. We have Fulham hosting Wolves. Fulham favored by 0.25 goals with an over-under set at 2.25. Peter, run me through this Fulham side. Uh, Who are you looking at as far as players to target? And whether you're starting them, streaming them, or are there any players that you're looking to avoid in this matchup? Well, I think one player that's that's interesting and kind of weird, and you kind of see he's you know is is uh, Carlos Vinicius. Mitro is questionable, and Vinicius is also you know, questionable. Questionable as well, I mean, right? Questionable at his job. Hasn't had a lot of success in the Premier League with either of the teams, and unfortunately, the all of his Premier League experience has been to you know backing up a heavily proficient you know number nine in Harry Kane mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and now Mitrovic. So it's hard to really get any sort of form or confidence. But I mean, it's <laughs> it's early in the in in the week. It'd probably be tough, but it's one I wanted to throw out just because. If he could perform sixty percent of what Mitrovic does on a, on a weekend, it'd be it'd be interesting. So you know, if you're feeling if you're feeling saucy, and your and your forwards suck, then you know, keep an eye out for Vinicius because he he'll, he's probably going to start if Mitro's still out. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, Tete has been just hugely consistent and as a defender that you know brings him into that defender you know two even one category because just the mm-hmm. consistent scoring you know floor of six seven each week sometimes extending up in 13 14 15 when he gets a an attacking return um that's you know that's about it the obvious ones Pereira Willian you know you're good to go there yeah Tate's number 11 on the season now at defense. Yeah, he's a definite defender one right yeah. now. It's good. That consistency is huge. Um, are you avoiding the center backs in this matchup? Because I was actually looking at Diop and thought he might be a viable streamer in this game week. I guess based on Wolves' inability to really finish chances, maybe. But honestly, I – and I have I've saw Ream get picked up in two of my three leagues mm-hmm. this week, but – I am genuinely, generally not interested in either of them ever, unless I'm in a pinch. But maybe I just haven't done my research. I'll, I'll let you guys speak to that. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm in the wrong here. Um, I mean, only thing I can say is that Issa Diop is uh, averaging more points per game than Dacordova Reed. So I don't know what that means, but. <laughs> he is 10% rostered compared to Tim Reed's 31. And over the last three games, Fulham haven't allowed a goal. So he's picked up three clean sheet bonuses in a row. I don't know. I mean, I think it's viable, but I think you're also playing 
for that clean sheet. Um, but yeah, I mean, Wolves don't really scare me offensively, so I wouldn't mind throwing them out there, especially if you have quite a few defenders that are blanking this week. Not a bad go-to. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Peter kind of said it. If he was in a pinch, but for me, I'd probably have to be hanging by a rope in order to play one of these two center backs. So I'm uh, I'm going to go with a no to them. <laughs> uh, hence my avoid... Uh, Diop and Reem, no. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, speaking of this Wolves side, Zach, run us through who you're looking at as far as Wolves go. Are there any players that you're thinking about streaming from this matchup, knowing that they have a double game week and they probably have some players that are likely available? Yeah, I uh, I thought about putting him in my start of the week uh, for midfield, Sarabia. Uh, he mm-hmm. went, I believe, a full 90 last game, scored... Closer to 10 points. Um, you know, he, he's a talented player coming from PSG. Um, he hasn't quite passed the eye test for me yet, but I know he gets on some sets. Um, and I think he's a lefty as well, which kind of helps him secure that. So as like a midfielder three, I'm pretty comfortable with him. I think he'll probably get a start, uh, maybe get subbed out in like 70-somethingth minute, and then... I'm thinking starts the second game, so if he's still on your waiver wire, take a peek. I really like him. Um, And then these defenders, it's just kind of... I don't really know what to feel about them. I was hoping you guys could clear this one up for me. Like, What's your opinion on Dawson, Samato, Kilman? Could just rank them in order one, two, three? I'm not starting the left back just because I feel like they're going to get rotated. I think I know where Peter stands on this one, so I'll let him go first. Yes. Craig Dawson is eternal one for them, <laughs> at least for the next three, four games. He's, I don't, I don't know, I've got a soft spot for him. He's, He's still always... in the free trial period. <laughs> that's, yeah, well put. That's very well put. Is well, he once... WinRAR? It's free for life, but you just have to, like, just keep reminding you that, like, hey, you should probably pay for this. Yeah. He... Yeah, he's, <laughs> once I see the credit card request that's when i yeah he's like when you create a new email just so you can keep renewing free trials and accounts you ever do that when you were a kid exactly i do that now yeah with a a docusign (laughs) because we only need it maybe like once every two months but my my free trial is gone by then dawson's perfected at age 30 or whatever he is yeah but i think my wife was creating email uh addresses for me so that she could order fabletics leggings like two for 24 or something like that it's understandable it's, it's a steal i love it dawson the free trial of the fantasy free world trial well, i think he's yeah that's great he's still in free trial mode and he's uh he's he's always up and around the ball on on corners trying to win headers he's kind of fearless and um like i said you know nine almost 10 ghost points last week so i'm uh i i mean if we're ranking them i are you talking about dawson kilman Semedo? i'd mm-hmm. probably rank them in that order yeah i i don't know i think you're right as far as dawson being the one of those three um i own Semedo and i'm probably going to play him this week but I'm not happy about it. Um, yes. He's not scoring 
very well and he just seems like he's lacking timing in his tackles because he's constantly committing fouls picking up yellow cards um so i don't know like you said zach it's it's difficult to pick up one of the left backs because they're probably going to be rotated quite often um especially either one is going to be rotated for these two matches this game week so i don't know i think i would probably go dawson kilman Samedo, but kilman and Samedo are probably just interchangeable uh you could go either one there but i would say dawson outranks both of them for sure gotcha um i know we've talked about this in the past and we're still kind of just waiting to see how it's going to play out but zach do you see pedro nato returning at any point this game week yeah, we'll see what they say in the pressers, but he didn't even make the squad last week, so it has me concerned. But part of me wonders if because he played some minutes in a U21 game that they were like, okay, well, we'd rather he just do that for the week and then just take the game to rest, and then mm-hmm. maybe they'll give him a start or a bench appearance this week. Um, but I think they're going to kind of slowly, you know, ease him in and this i mean i there's there's certainly teams out there that you know if you saw him on the bench you could do a lot worse than starting him because maybe he goes like bench first game start second um Mm. and some people are really really bone dry with options so i could see that but i mean i'm not expecting him to start so i'm not going to project him as a guy i'm looking to start He's kind of like on a need-to-play basis because I think he should be owned at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you might be looking at is probably 20 to 30 minutes in both games. I could see him coming off the bench for both of these games just to get some mm-hmm. fitness back into his legs. But it'd be, it might be a stretch to ask him to start the second match. I don't know, though. Is it is it important this week that we kind of you know denominate which guys like we say we don't we don't want to start them but like obviously there's guys you're gonna have to still start so do we preface it with you know i wouldn't suggest starting this guy even though i know that 30 percent of people are going to start him anyway or yeah i i would almost err on the side of if I own Pedro Neto and I see that he's on the bench, but you have Cunha or let's say Jimenez or Costa, any one of those three guys start against Fulham, are you taking them in place of Neto, knowing that they are starting, they are playing, they're probably guaranteed at least 60 to 70 minutes? Peter. Are you asked? <laughs> sorry, you asked about you asked about who Cunha. So I was saying if if you if you rostered Pedro Neto and you he's starting on the bench, but Cunha, Jimenez, or Costa are starting in the match. Do you start one of them over Pedro Neto, knowing that it's a double game week and these one of these guys is guaranteed at least like 60, 65, 70 minutes? Absolutely. Because there's no, like, we don't know. I mean, unless they're going to explicitly tell us in the presser, we're going to really ease him in slowly 
or we're going to throw him right back in there unless they really give us some 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 confident direction about what what the next two or three games are going to look like for him then I'm still pretty weary obviously I think he should be owned but I'm if one of the other guys are starting and he's not even if he's on the bench I'll I'll start one of the other guys if that's my only option Yeah I'd probably be in the same mind Um I think that's enough Wolves talk for now and probably for the rest of the episode. But let's move on here to the Saturday games. Uh, We've got another double game week team, Everton hosting Aston Villa. Uh, Everton favored by 0.25 goals with an over-under of 2.25. Zach, run me through this Everton squad. Is this matchup, like, what is going to give? Everton's attack is pretty brutal, and Villa's defense is bad so as far as Everton goes do you think they can muster up the attack to actually put a few past Villa here uh who are you looking to start stream who do you want to avoid altogether um it's kind of where you get a stoppable force meets a very movable object kind of matchup (laughs) um I don't think it changes anything though that Everton have a double game week for me because like you said, they're trash. They're brutal mm-hmm. in a bad way. Um, so I, they are at home. It's a little bit different and actually favored by a quarter goal. Uh, but a low over under has me thinking a, a one nothing uh, win either way could be the result. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you start... Tarkowski, all day long. He's got, I think, 12 headers or something on target this year. Damn. He's one of their most potent attacking forces, which says something. (laughs) It says a lot. says too much. (laughs) Um, I know people are streaming Coleman and Michaelenko this week, and I think it's an okay shout for the minutes because, you know, Anytime you can almost guarantee 180 minutes, it's going to be hard uh, to tell to tell you that that's a terrible idea, un- mm-hmm. unless your name is Connor. In in which case, I'm, I'm sorry, um, leave him alone. Uh, so that that's my analysis of Everton. You know, you're starting your your Dwight McNeils and your Iwobis. This is uh this is what you're hoping for, I think, for them. Yeah, I feel like I would be more inclined to start Mikolenko over Coleman, even though Coleman came off a pretty good game. Um, but I mean, Coleman being older, you don't know if he's going to be rotated, subbed out, whatever it may be. But I agree, don't touch Cody. Um, as far as Villa goes, Peter. Are you looking at any of the Villa assets targeting them against this Everton team? Uh, one thing <laughs> to look out for this week for Villa that's, or sorry, not this week, but in the weeks to come that is important for them is Diego Carlos. Their you know, center back they signed from uh, Sevilla, picked up, I think it was an Achilles or something bad early in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's almost back. He'll be back in March. And so I don't think it changes I, he's not really a, fan, a fantasy asset himself because he's not—he's just not not that type of type of defender. But he is, in terms of 
real football. He's a he's a great defender and should be kind of the boss of the back line. So I think it only boosts Alex Moreno. So if you are if you get in a jam or something, and you know Demier and Moreno are being swapped or something, you may think twice about dropping one of those two because it will improve those two. The right back situation with Matty Cash, he's had a huge degradation of uh, in terms of his minutes and his output this year. So not important for him. And Tyrone Mings is no, but I think it secures a big bump for the rest of the the players coming up. So, you know, I'm trying to think like, you know, you, you know, Coutinho is still streamer, but maybe somebody gets tired of Emmy Buendia and you want to once again, take another shot on him, picking him up off waivers, mm-hmm. uh, still questionable. Uh, but the Coutinho, I know he scored and he's, he's maybe back in contention Good for a stream, absolutely, but it's still a it's an it's an it's an ugly transaction to make for me just because of how and maybe I'm jaded because I owned him earlier in the year in a couple leagues and he was just so frustrating. But um, yeah, this game week, you know, you start most of your attacking assets. I think the most important thing to look out for for Villa assets is um, maybe even try to go trade for Ollie Watkins, you know. Maybe try to trade for Leon Bailey as the Villa team is going to get a defensive bump here in the near future. That could be uh, an option. Yeah, I, I think you'd have to give out an arm and a leg to get Ali Watkins right now. Uh, just the I'm way trying he's to trade playing. him out. <laughs> I'm really? trying to trade him high. Yeah, I I don't blame you. I mean, he's scored in four games mm-hmm. on the bounce, so I don't think I'm that's also sustainable. asking a lot from the other side. As you should. Yeah, I'm trying to this trade. This guy's really on fire right now. But, yeah, I would agree. I think Coutinho's a decent shout if you really need to get a midfielder with some potential upside. I think that Villa might have the majority of the ball in this matchup. Um, but it's he's very much like a game-by-game basis. I wouldn't pick him up and hold him. I'd pick him up, play him this week, and then probably drop him right away unless he goes off. Um, but let's, uh, let's move on here to Leeds hosting Southampton Leeds favored by half a goal with an over under of two and a half. Uh, this probably is the best streaming matchup this weekend. Um, I think we both have quite a few targets in this matchup. Zach, I'm going to let you take this Leeds side. Uh, who are you looking at starting? Are there any streaming options you're looking at and who are you going to avoid in this matchup? I'll, I'll preface this one by saying I think this might be one of the best streaming games on the weekend. Uh, I don't know if that's a big title to really say because some of them kind of feel yucky. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that you've got some defenders in this one, a couple, two, three. Um, and I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Uh, you know, leads at home under new management against uh, what is still one of the worst uh, teams in the league. I don't. I don't care if um, their manager is gone or if they they beat Chelsea. They beat Chelsea. Uh, you know, congrats. Uh, they're not going to get an award for that. But um, I, I would be comfortable streaming probably um, Cooper this week. Maybe even Furpo. Uh, Robbie Cock. The you know the jury is still out, but. Uh, you know, I think Cooper, since 
since uh, Southampton's going to really be targeting those aerials with Onwachu, as we do see with some of these taller forwards, uh, the center backs usually uh, end up feasting on on those aerials, and uh, he, he's certainly got to do that. So uh, I would rank him as like a defender two this week, uh, pretty comfortably. Not expecting clean sheet necessarily because Southampton are potent. Um, I don't understand how teams have such a tough time stopping JWP's free kicks, though. I, I will say that. It's awfully frustrating um, to see it is them strange. so often. But, I mean, he's pretty damn good at it. So Yeah, I mean, they, they go in every damn time. I, I was just telling my, my roommate as they're watching that game, like, I, I saw Asplaqueta laying on the ground for one of his free kicks from 25 yards out. Would he not be better put on the goal line at the near post because when has yeah, right. anyone namely jwp ever hit a 25 yard free kick on the ground that is a very good point yeah it just i mean seems you're better off like putting strategy. him on the shoulders of one of the guys on the wall you're better off leaving everyone on the other team on side and telling them hey do anything <laughs> other than shoot i think exactly I think you just I think Leeds need to rethink their hiring of Javi Garcia this week and hire you. I think I think I need to put the app in, dude. <laughs> anyway, I, I I hadn't thought of that, but that's an incredibly good point. Why? Yeah, yeah, he's not, not not that it affects fantasy in any way, but I just watched it and it pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, I feel it. Yeah, Peter. As far as the Southampton side goes, uh, outside of Ward Prowse, who is i mean you start him week in and week out is anybody else on this side someone to look out for as far as uh, a must start possible streamers yeah it's uh you know it's a weird week to play leads because strike one of their who's been one of their strongest defenders of the year is questionable he they had to move him back into concussion protocol this week and then uh, Wober, who's who came in and looked like he might provide a little bit of consistency to the back line, is he did something with his shoulder, and they just said, and it was an AC joint injury, so they could have kind of a mix and match back line. But they're also hoping for what we like to call the new manager bounce with Javi Garcia's first week. I'm not even sure if he's taking a training session yet. However, it seems to happen more often than not than that you know the new manager gives you some sort of. Uh, some sort of resilience against the current situation that a that a struggling club is in. So, I mean, the prospect we you know we've talked about Anuachu and he's large and it's you you want to see a player like that succeed. So once again, I I like that as a good stream this week. I like whether Idozi or Sulemana start. I like either of them for you know kind of a low end high upside midfielder. Um, but other than Anuachu, you know, Suleimane and Adozi, I'm, you know, that's that's probably it for me. Yeah, that's fair. Anuachu is the uh, new photosynthesis king, so definitely yeah, up there for the headers and the aerials. He, yeah, he's a player you want to succeed because he's he's just he's he's big and tough to deal with, and so and big. We'll see though. And big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I agree with you on all those points. Uh, let's move on here. We've got Leicester hosting Arsenal. Arsenal is another double game week team um, favored in this matchup by 0.75 goals with an over-under of 2.75. Um, Leicester have been good and bad at the same time. 
they probably should have taken the lead against Manchester United over the weekend. They probably should have been up two goals before uh, Rashford scored. But in this matchup, Zach, who do you think on the lesser side of the ball you're comfortable starting or streaming in this matchup, and who do you want to avoid altogether in this one? So I'm coming back to the well and starting Onwachu's fellow countryman, uh, Ihe Nacho up top. Uh, he, he looked awfully lively, could have had an assist actually to uh, Harvey Barnes, which I thought was worse than um, any of his misses. So, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, they, sh- they should have had two goals. He, he, he could have walked out of there with another goal and an assist. And nobody would have been surprised. So I'm riding in the theoretical flames with Ihe and Nacho. And uh, at home, I like that a bit better for a rebound. Um, against an Arsenal team that's, I think, come back down at least into, into this solar system. Um, maybe not back down to Earth, but... Uh, I'm not as scared of them as I once was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with Partey out, this team is fallible. Um, but I will let Peter talk about Arsenal in this one. I know it's his favorite topic. Um, <laughs> who are you looking to start? Who are you looking to stream? If there's any available, um, are you looking to avoid anyone as far as the Arsenal double game week concerns? Mm-hmm. Like I say about every week, keep your antenna up for Fabio Vieira if, you know, the one in ten games he may start. If this is the one, grab him. But other than that, not really. I mean, like, no on Jorginho. Uh, you know, if Tommy Asu starts over Ben White, sure. I think that's, yeah, that, that's a decent stream. But but real quick, I want to ask a question about, about Lester and what you guys feel. So I know... Obviously, Madison is is easy. Ianacho, he's he's just he's kind of on a heater right now, so you got to let him, you got to let him cook and hope it continues. But what about somebody like Tete, the new the, the new winger on the right side against? They're at home, Leicester at home. I know it's Arsenal, but he's somebody who is exciting. He, since he's been there, he's started all three games. He's playing about seventy five minutes a game, so obviously he's in favor. Would you put him up against, you know, Zinchenko in this game who? does seem to drift inwards as Arsenal kind of kind of make their way up the pitch. He's he he's doing that kind of inverted winger pep, you know, Guardiola thing that might leave a little bit of space for Tete out there. I mean, would you guys feel comfortable giving him a start against Arsenal this week? Yes. Um I would say because he's classified as a forward, I'm not as afraid of starting him especially if he's going to be my forward two and I have a forward one like Kane, Holland, Salah, um, someone of that caliber who I know is pretty much going to get me the points that I need. Um, Or if you have two solid forwards, let's say you have, uh, well, Tony's not playing this week, but someone of that caliber like Mitrovic or something, but... I'd be comfortable starting him against Arsenal, um, knowing full well that Zinchenko does come in field if Tate can stay more towards the boundary. 
I think he can create something from outside. And like you said earlier, or like Zach said, Ianacho's in form. All it takes is one good pass to uh, get the return that you need. Yeah, that's what's given me the confidence is that he's doing it on both sides of the ball. He's not just completely dependent on people playing him, you know, good balls through. He's getting assists. He's getting goal and two assist lines. You know, that makes me very optimistic of his chances to get some some returns here with at least some key passes, if nothing else. One uh one one would you rather would you rather start Tete against Arsenal or <laughs> Somerville? From Leeds. I'll let Nate answer that one. I would say... Jesus. I would probably say Somerville. um, Just because it's a plus matchup against Southampton at home. I know Leicester at home too, but you're playing the league leaders in Arsenal. So... Yeah, I would say Somerville over Tete, but 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 if you say if you say his name Crescencio Somerville, does that change your opinion? <laughs> mm, no, because then I'd have to go with the Mateus Cardoso Lemos Martins. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, that's true. AKA Tete's. Tete. Yeah. So, uh, if you're going by names, I mean, come on. Okay. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Somerville in the plus matchup, but it's not a massive gap. Honestly, I think it's it's closer than you'd think. Okay, good. That's 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 the context I needed. Um, I will preface this before we move on to the next matchup that you mentioned. No on Jorginho. I think he is the biggest trap of this game week. Arsenal do have the double game week. Jorginho's ten points last week. I mean, he had an absolute worldy of a shot. But it wasn't even on target. It hit the post and then hit the goalkeeper and then it went in. <laughs> so. Can't teach uh, that. Yeah, he was a way out too. You can't really replicate it. So I I just I don't believe the hype. Um, plus, I don't know the extent of Partey's injury. I think he might be back for the second leg of the game week. So Jorginho may only get the first game. So I would just say avoid. Um, moving on here, we've got West Ham hosting Nottingham Forest. West Ham favored by 0.75 goals with an over-under of 2.25. Uh, this is a must-win scenario for West Ham. This team is kind of a conundrum right now. They have the seventh best defense in the league but are dead last when it comes to goals scored compared to their XG on the season. Uh, They should have roughly 28 goals scored by now, and they're sitting at 19, uh, which is a negative 9.3 XG to to G ratio. Um, Who put in here Moyes out if they lose? That would be me. You really think so? <laughs> oh, it's anything I read on the internet. I believe is true, and I saw it on Fair Twitter enough. today. So I decided yep. to to I decided to regurgitate it on our game sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Sounds like it's all it's good decided. Shot. <laughs> um, well, and I mean, Nate, you started us off with this is a must win. I, you know, it could be. We'll we'll see. But that was that was mainly me seeing something and then writing it down elsewhere and trying to 
trying to uh, kind of skirt it off as my own. Fair enough. I like that. <laughs> a little plagiarism. Never hurt anybody. Oh, no. Um, on the flip side of West Ham, though, it this Forest side, they've been playing better. But really, it's only at home. Uh, they have one win away from home this season. And they have only scored three goals away from home. And they've conceded 25 that is a massive 22 goal differential. Uh, Peter, what what gives in this game? I mean, West Ham have the better defense. Forest don't score very well away from home. Do you think we kind of see more of the same as far as West Ham maybe grind out a 1-0 victory, 0-0 draw? What's this one looking like? Who are you looking at as far as players to start, stream, or possibly avoid? You know, for some reason, my my head tells me that this this may be a a goal fest kind of in in uh, in camouflage, and I'm I'm trying to figure out why that my brain's telling me that, but that's that's gonna be my prediction. I think <clears throat> when you know Ben Rama is is strange and I, maybe there's something going on in the in the locker room we don't know about but when he plays and starts and goes on these runs he seems to be you know everything seems to kind of run through him and especially this year when Jared Bowen hasn't I think he's still the focus but he's he's his expected goal to what he's actually produced is you know there's a big gap so they've had to go with different directions and Antonio is aging and just he's not that powerful force and difficult to deal with all game that he used to be. Skamaka has been injured and really doesn't really seem like he's adapting to the West Ham side that well. But Ben Rama always seems to be a threat when he when he starts and even when he comes off the bench and seems to be their greatest form of attack. And I think he starts this week and things run through him. Things run a little more smoothly, even if Paqueta is still out. I I feel like West Ham turned it on and Forrest in a I know their away form is miserable, but I don't know why. Something in me tells says this game is gonna be more exciting than it looks like on paper. I guess I'll 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 end with that. Hmm. I mean you said this might be a, a goal fest in camouflage? I mean I think I like Nate is at Nate asks, is this one oh, is this a nil nil game? And for some reason I think it's gonna be the opposite. I think this might be a gold fest and in, invisibility in cloak, because it would come out of absolutely nowhere for me. Um I like all the defenders in this one. Uh I, I, I don't agree. know if Aurier is gonna start because he came off at the end of last game with a fatigue related issue, but um think i'd start even run on Lodi on the other side and bank on forest maybe coming back from some abysmal away form that i don't think is sustainable i think they're just a better team than they were at the beginning of the season when they suffered some of those losses uh, i don't know if that necessarily means they're going to put goals away even though i'm still probably starting morgan gibbs white and brennan johnson but um i think the context of this game kind of looks at face value like a, a one nothing West Ham win. Mm-hmm. 
This game looks Which, boring as shit. Play the yeah, yeah, man. I, there's I, no way my TV. <laughs> you're not going to catch my TV on this game at, no. at all. I, I might I watch can, it just I, to root against West Ham because I would love to see them go down. I think it would be hilarious. But I completely uh, understand the complete contradictory outlook towards what I said. But like I said, some sometimes I get these feelings, and I got I I gotta I gotta tell you guys about them. And I know it's a long shot, but I don't know. I've got a, I got a feeling. Well. We'll talk about this next week after this game week and see if I'm right or if I'm or if my head is, you know, s- some sort of scrambled up and I and and I need some therapy or something. But this is uh, that's usually how these things play out. It's you think it's going to be a low scoring game and then it ends up being four three. So, mm-hmm. uh, Zach, I know you touched on it a, a little bit, but as far as this forest side goes, run me through quickly who you're comfortable rostering in this matchup. Uh, starting or rostering? Or yes, yeah, okay, yeah. It's it's really just Morgan Gibbs White, Orier, Brennan Johnson, Renan Lodi. Um, I'm not really interested in the center backs. I've seen some people uh, looking at Felipe, and then Navas in net is uh, actually a great start this week. I think that is a good shout. Yeah. All right, let's move on here. We've got Bournemouth hosting Man City. Uh, City is favored by a goal and a half and an over-under of three. Uh, so Bournemouth will just skip. Uh, who are we looking to start? <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, as far as Bournemouth goes, I think we've all pretty much come to know uh, Traore is a good streamer. But, Zach, are you comfortable starting him against City knowing that Bournemouth probably won't have much possession, and if they do score, uh, it's kind of a crapshoot of who's going to be amongst the goal. Okay, hear me out. That same, that same spidey sense that Peter was just discussing, I kind of have about Bournemouth this week. Really? That, I'm just that putting it out there. I don't holy know. Holy takes. I don't know why. I don't know I don't, why. I'm probably yeah, sick like in the it. head. Um, City have one of the highest clean sheet odds. It's just another week. Um, but I I think Bournemouth could could tie this one, maybe. You think this might be another, I mean, similar to the last game where it's just Bournemouth sit deep like Forrest did, absorb as much pressure as they can and hope for an opportunity and goal. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think they have the ability to get one goal and it just depends on if they let in more than one goal. Hmm. Might be that simple. That does seem to be how this sport works. Yeah. It seems like when you <laughs> score the same number of goals as your opponent, that things typically um, work out at least as a tie. Yeah. Um, Guys, is Peter? Is, is is this where I where we talk about Bernardo Silva for? Seven, I was minutes? just gonna ask you <laughs> how are you feeling about Bernardo Silva right now. <laughs> well, after, yeah, after all the all all the hating we did on him last week, me me in particular, I did hold him, but I did not start him. So it was a it was a a lose win because he scored, but <laughs> still, I'm well, I'm not happy about it because now I'm forced to to continue to hold and. And hope he finds his way further up the field, but 
I would say he last week he he went from a drop last week to a start this week. So, Zach, I have a question for you about Bernardo Silva. Hit me with it. Is he Danny Ward 2.0? You mean... We talk so much shit we, about him, and then he becomes yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, I mean, I think our slanders are making it their way down the pipeline to uh, him and his agents. I think yeah. he's taking it to heart, and good for him. Good for him. That, that strike had some anger behind it. Uh, outside of... Bernardo Silva. I mean, he's playing that kind of like left back central midfield type ish role. Um, are we still avoiding the rest of the defenders of that city line? You know, I, I, I'm, I'll start Diaz this week. I'm hoping he, his numbers find an upturn as he gets more and more you know, as his fitness improves and he gets back to, you know, a, a true hundred percent now that he's back from the injury and seems to be the, the, the number one guy back there. And, you know, you, I don't know you, what, this is a Saturday game. Yeah. You, yeah. You know, you wake up on Saturday, you're looking through trying to figure out who you're going to play that week. There's four teams that aren't playing and you see Ake starting and he's available, you know, I mean, I put myself in that scenario, and I'm thinking, you know, that's a lot easier than to go sniff out, like, who'd be left this week. Yeah, like, to like to have to go sniff out a Tottenham defender and, and, and then kind of writhe over whether I want to play Davies or, or I guess, Emerson. Hey, no. I, I know he's doing You leave well, gentle but... Ben alone. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I find, I find it, like, I'll play Diaz. Sure, and then if I'm in a in a in a situational pickle, I'd even I'd even double stack simply because I feel like at that point it's a comfortable decision, and then you can just move on. But yeah, that's I me being lazy. It's all about moment. context this weekend, especially with the blank game weeks. I think the city defenders, you kind of just roll the dice on them and see, hey, if they manage to keep the clean sheet, great, you're getting eight to ten points. But yeah. Just know that if they don't keep a clean sheet again, you're looking at two to three points. Um, moving on here, we have the last game of the Saturday slate. It is Crystal Palace hosting Liverpool. Um, Liverpool favored by 0.75 goals with an over-under of 2.5. Uh, Peter, talk us through this Palace side as far as, I mean, they're not good, but... Luckily for Liverpool, they're also not Real Madrid. Um, who are you looking to start and or stream in this matchup for Palace against Liverpool? You know, I think the only real predicament you're going to have is I think you, you know start Elise. That's he's he's every week. He's he's match proof. But since Eze came on last week, another player that I kind of bashed on last week then came off the bench and scored almost immediately. But yeah. Because he did that, you know, he may, you know, there's a decent chance he regains that starting spot. There's still Zahalis, which is a non-issue for me. But if, Z- if, if Eze's in, once again, this is 
later in the in in the short matched game week before all before all your players are locked. You know, only only eight games, and then your players are locked, and, and then you're you're you, you know you're you're set in for the double game week. But mm-hmm. if Eze starts and it's like I said, you've got three bench players who are who've got their games postponed this week, and you have the ability to start him, and rather than sweat out like a like a like a Madueke or a or even even like a Mudrick start on Sunday for Chelsea, you know, mm-hmm. you if you're that type of manager, you you're thinking I would much rather get seventy minutes from Eze than than 20 or zero for Madueke tomorrow. And, you know, you just never know. There's so, And that is also, I mean, Chelsea have a lot of players. I just use that as an example because there's, you are going to get into a few pickles with the Chelsea team. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot of talk about Eze. But I think at that point in the game week, owners are going to be flirting with just giving him a go, especially since he, he might get the start again. Yeah, yeah, I as a player who's been on my bench for quite a while, uh, I am interested to see if he can get a run out again. And I would probably play him in this matchup, knowing that Liverpool's defense is pretty susceptible. Um, Zach, I know it's probably your favorite and least favorite topic, talking about Liverpool, but... Run us through this side. They've got that 37% clean sheet odd this week against Crystal Palace. They also are in a double game week against Wolves, where they have a 40% clean sheet odd. Uh, who are you targeting in this matchup? Oh, boy. Um, it's another week of having just about no clue what, what happened. Um, <laughs> you, as you so astutely said, um, they are not. Palace, that is. They are not Real Madrid. Um, But uh, I don't think we're in a position to be uh, underestimating any opponent necessarily. Mm -hmm. That being said, I do think they are going to be two of the most positive double game week matchups and most targeted. And I think that most people are going to be comfortable rolling a Liverpool asset out there if they start in week one and I think it almost extends to every player besides Henderson. Is there a player that you would not start if they were starting against palace? Well, you already took the one that I was going to say is I would not start Henderson, but um, no, I don't know. I mean, it seems like that midfield three is pretty locked in between Henderson, Fabinho, and Bacetic. So, I would not start those... Fabinho. See, I might, knowing that I might he's too. capable of getting me like six to eight points, and in a double game week, I would take twelve to fifteen from Fabinho. I'm feeling more like he's going to score eight two games in a row. No, no, no. I think he gets 10 total between two games. Oh, okay. Even then, Yeah, I was thinking more of like he would score like six, maybe seven points in two between, or not between two games, but in each game. But I don't think so. 
I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, between him and Henderson, I would lean Fabinho, but like neither <laughs> is probably my best option. <laughs> like, I don't really want a piece of either of them. He just looks like he's he's lost a step, and he's always rolling his eyes at decisions that he knows he you know he did a naughty on, and he just he doesn't seem like he's all he's all there and. And I'm 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 not into it. He obviously I mean he's he what does he owned? Thirty percent. Like I'm I'm by this point I have already decided on a on a much higher upside guy than than Fabinho. I know the double game week's kind of attractive. I'm usually a sucker for that type of thing, but mm-hmm. it's they're just I'm I'm so cold on him as as an asset right now that it's I mean it'd be a no for me, but it's a no for me, dog. Yeah, unfortunately. Too many naughties this week. Too many naughties. <laughs> all right, let's round this out with our Sunday slate, which is all of one game. Uh, it is Tottenham hosting Chelsea. This is a pick 'em, and the over-under is set at 2.5. Uh, Peter, I'm going to let you talk about your beloved Spurs, or I guess our beloved Spurs. Um, who are you looking at starting? Are there any possible streamers out there? Uh, is there anybody you want to avoid? Yeah, I, man, I'm, I'm, I've got a big question about whether or not Richarlison should be owned right now. Cause the, you know, I'm just thinking you, the Richarlison start and the sun off the bench, obviously sun's the star. He's got, he's got all the glitz and you know, he's the, he's the shiny toy we have, but obviously he hasn't been performing that well having Richarlison the kind of the grit and he's such a brute and he's you know he's just he's such a bastard of a player to have to deal with for like 50 Mm -hmm. 60 minutes and using that strategy you know you know frustrating and just kind of being that that annoyance for 50 60 minutes and then having a completely different type of player you know son with the 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 flair and the speed come into the game and change things up it worked really well last week, and I know a lot of people will expect Sun to get a starting spot back this week, but I am curious to see if Richarlison starts, and then if he does, you've got a, a then you've got a starting issue because it's 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 a different opponent from last week. But keep an eye out for that and maybe grab Richarlison this week if you've got a player who's kind of on the on the on the on the drop block if if he's not already owned. Because I grabbed him last week, and I grabbed him early in the week, just because I had, you know, had a a feeling Sun wasn't going to start. It worked out. It helped me win my game week, and you never know. It worked well this last week. They uh, they might uh, Stellini might roll that out again. I say Stellini, not Conte, because we know who's running that team, Nate. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he's that, never lost a game when managing uh, in place of Antonio Conte. <laughs> So long may that continue. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I am, I'm not super keen on any of the Spurs defenders. I know uh, Ben Davies did very well last game, but um, he is, I, I don't like his lack. He's not a real agile player. He's not a real athletic player. I do not like him matching up against an incredibly, you know, kind of really fluid, Everybody's moving around 
front line in Chelsea. I know they haven't figured it out yet, but wouldn't this be the game for them to figure it out against Spurs? No shit. So yeah, I don't like the defenders for Spurs this week. I don't like any of the central midfielders, not even Hoybier, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm sour. I'm sour on the whole club. So, uh, yeah, I think you and I just fall into that category of as Spurs fans, we know what is the most likely outcome, and it's that they lose two nothing against a shit Chelsea team. Yeah, this so. is this is the the match that they figured out. They figure out what that best starting eleven is, what the best you know late game rotation is, and we're the ones that'll save Potter's job. It's it's got to yeah. be us. Oh yeah, I mean i I will say this here and now if. Tottenham beats Chelsea, and Chelsea do not score. Graham Potter does not survive the weekend at Chelsea. So <laughs> who's who's more likely to get the sack, Moyes or Potter this week? I'm going to say Potter because it's just their fan base will run him out of town. Or maybe Bully. We haven't, we haven't seen his patience yet. We haven't. True. Well, I think it. We'll 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 test his ceiling this weekend, depending on the outcome. True, Zach. What do you think about this Chelsea side? Um, do you think first off, do you think Potter will keep his job through the weekend? And then second off, I guess we can talk about like the fantasy aspect of it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried about him through the weekend. I think uh, I think Chelsea's stance on him has been pretty clear that they're not concerned about the short term that they're. Uh, willing to stick with him uh, through this right now. Mm-hmm. I know there's some rumors otherwise, but um, I, I don't know. That's what that's what all the athletic uh, Chelsea reporters are are saying at this point in time. They say it's a it's a work in progress, and they're just trying to get these players to to meld together. They're all so young that I, I agree. It's just going to take time. Uh, I think just the most. They just don't score goals, really. I mean, they've been they've been fine defensively. If you, you know, if they put away two, three goals against Southampton, no one says anything that Southampton scored one goal against Chelsea and it was a free kick, like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think Tottenham honestly is just going to have a tough time getting through them. But I'm more bullish on their defenders than it sounds like you guys are. I'd start Ben Davies as a pretty strong defender too. Um, because we we got we can't we can't say you know Chelsea's manager might lose their job, but then say we're terrified of their offense. Um, yeah. Which which it sounds like we're doing. I think we have to either be on one side or the other. And no, I think my head says like you can start the Tottenham defenders between Davies and Romero. Um, shit, you could probably even start Forster if you needed a goalkeeper. But my heart just tells me that this isn't going to end well, as <laughs> most Tottenham fans would okay. attest to. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's I am, most I am fans. Not conf- I'm not confident at all going into this game. I don't care about Chelsea's form. They're, they've been one of our many kryptonites over the years. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we were incredibly lucky to draw at Stanford Bridge earlier in the year. Anthony Taylor, you know. You could say but, we won or we drew by a hair. Oh, I know. Yeah, but with Romero with the beautiful pole. <laughs> but I mean, Anthony Taylor. I mean, what a an absolute bozo of a game he gave that to <laughs> what us. What a bum! Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I 
I know we're at home, but I I am not confident in, in a positive Tottenham out outcome. But I I never am going you know going into a match against Chelsea. So yeah. you know, I mean, what are you gonna do? Sit Felix? No. You gonna sit Enzo? No. You gonna sit Kai Havertz? Maybe. <laughs> he's, yes. Yeah, he's he's frustrating. I mean, he. Uh, and I mean, it, it was odd. Fofana was quite good for Chelsea in the first half last week. He was kind of their best offensive player, and then he came off at half. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure what that is about. He may be a Chelsea supporter, or one of you guys can clear that up for me. But, you know, it's weird. I mean, you, you're starting your Chelsea forwards, though. That's for sure. It, Zach, what is your insight as far as like how you feel about Mountain Havertz right now for Chelsea? Well, Mount, it sounds like, might be on his way out the door. So, um, in that scenario, I'm pretty pretty actually bearish on Mount. Um, it doesn't sound like he wants to sign a new contract. It seems like he doesn't, you know, subscribe to the, the Todd Bailey long-term contract method that the other players do, and they have plenty of players where that's not going to be um, key to hold on to him. I know... Uh, he he's one of the you know kind of the lifeblood players of that club, but uh, life I think is gonna move on after this year, and and you could see his minutes go down because of that. So if I had Mount right now, if anybody were bullish on him, I'd really try get him out. Uh, I wouldn't sell for lower than he is because he'll still get starts, and he still generally scores okay, better obviously in weaker matchups. But uh, yeah, I'm not very not very bullish on him at all. Yeah, I uh, I love that take. I hadn't I hadn't really thought analytically about it yet, but with all the with all the transfer chatter about him, and they just signed you know seventeen other forwards, they're gonna want to focus on the future and get those guys kind of bedded in, other than Mount. So that's yeah, that's that's a good take. Mm-hmm. That is gonna wrap up the fixture portion of the episode. We're not really gonna go in depth on the double game week games uh just note that arsenal and liverpool are heavy favorites um both uh 1.25 goal favorites arsenal over everton liverpool over wolves uh just keep that in mind when you're setting your lineups this week uh but as we've alluded to in past episodes when it comes to double game weeks once you lock that player in for that first game uh they're locked in for the second game too so you have to play it um looking forward so let's uh let's hop into our starts of the week um and zach why don't you kick us off here uh just run through your defender midfielder and attacker right so uh at defender i've got a um i think that west ham have like we talked about a pretty low scoring game and i think he's got a very safe floor he's been uh putting up uh, some decent counting stats as well. So uh, let's see, or peripheral stats that is. So, you know, let's hope that continues in a home matchup against Nottingham Forest, who are pretty atrocious away from home. And, you know, maybe they turn that around like we discussed earlier, but I don't see that happening. So uh, he could be a good stream this week for those of you who aren't able to grab uh, Vlad. And... At midfield, I've got Crescencio. Uh, I think he's going to come back this week uh, after a pretty poor outing last week and only getting 60 minutes and perform against Southampton. 
Um, you know, it's a positive matchup for him. He should be able to get forward plenty, get lots of opportunities. Uh, and I think we might see uh, him bounce back just a little bit. Uh, I'm not expecting a 20-point bomb or anything, but I'm looking for double digits this week from him. And then Paul Nwachu. He's definitely scored uh, a little bit better than I would have expected so far. And uh, he should get plenty of aerials in a kind of back-and-forth game against Leeds. Uh, so you can see I'm kind of focusing on that game and mention it as one of the better streaming games. Uh, I'm focusing on that game for sure and the Photosynthesis King uh, newly claimed throne uh, for Paul Nwachu. <laughs> Uh, I think is going to uh, have a good week. Yeah, I like that. The photosynthesis king. It's great. Um, Peter, why don't you run us through your three players? And uh, I think we can kind of guess who you're going to start off with, but take it away. Yeah, it's actually kind of, uh, I see it as kind of taboo using the same player two weeks in a row, but I'm going back for, for Craig Dawson again, just, the, you know, the double game week's heavily influential, but he seems like he's all, also nearing the, at the moment, he's nearing the range of matchup proof just because he's scoring so well outside of having to rely on a clean sheet. Um, <clears throat> Saeed Ben-Rama, it's, a, it's an interesting call because West Ham are kind of at sixes and sevens right now and they can't, you know, without a reliable forward, a, somebody really consistent at that nine spot. Dan, I know Danny Ings is healthy. Skamaka may be back. Antonio, who knows if he may start again. But I think the offense runs through uh, Ben Rama. And I think they, uh, Moyes is a, is a bit desperate. And so it's time for uh, it's time for Saeed to, uh, to make one of his many kind of intra-year comebacks. He always has. He, he's a pretty streaky. He goes five good, five bad. And so hopefully you can get him and own him in uh, in one of his good periods. And then <laughs> I uh, I was made fun of a little bit prior to the show for this pick, and we didn't even talk about him in their matchup just because it's such a moonshot. But uh, Neil Mopai for Everton, there's there's something he's he's kind he's got a lot of grit. He's kind of like a little bulldog. He's he's very angry, but he's also he's also tricky, and he's he he uses the space around the box really well. He's he seems to you know he's not tall. He's not he's not jumping up winning headers, but he always does kind of find a way to, to kind of wriggle out a striker's chance that you you know sometimes tr- turns into a striker's finish. And uh, so I'm gonna go with Mape long moonshot, and uh, hopefully that will that will pay off in spades for me or we can come back and you guys can can wag the finger at me and tell me you told me so which is most is the most likely outcome but my fingers take charging a chance up with one me, of those as we speak just you uh, what my fingers charging up one of those wags i as know we man speak. yeah but just take a so chance. you are aware you may be rewarded neil mape has scored 16 points total in his last 10 matches so you're telling me he's due. Uh, I mean, granted, he played 11 minutes, 3 minutes, 11 minutes in three of those matches. But, yeah, I mean, he could be due for a heater. He could score uh, all of those points in one match. So, uh, I mean, hey. Oh, same for I future like game weeks. Yeah. Uh, 
my defender this week, uh, in the same vein as Zach, I'm going with the West Ham defense of Vladimir Sufal. Uh, I think he's been ghosting pretty well. The West Ham defense, albeit the team is playing terribly, their defense is not terrible. Um, I think we said earlier seventh best in the league, so hopefully that can continue. Uh, midfield option, I've got Dwight McNeil down there. Double game week for him. Been ghosting pretty well. Uh, set pieces play a part depending on who that forward option is. Um, hopefully it is not Mape for the sake of Dwight McNeil, but if it is, uh, I still expect McNeil to score uh, maybe eight to ten points per match. So... Uh, and then as the attacker, I again, this might seem bad because he is playing against my beloved Spurs, but Medueke, uh, he's ghosting well, so that's why I've got him up here. Uh, I think that he can score in the double digits without an attacking return, which is something you want to target, especially in a game week where there are a lot more question marks because of the blank game weeks. Um, so yeah, I hope he doesn't score and I hope Chelsea don't score and lose, but, uh, I still think he could probably get eight to 10 points out of that matchup. Um, to round things off, we've got a pair of Twitter questions here. Um, thank you guys for sending these in as always. Um, every week we'll ask you guys, even if we don't ask you guys for questions, send them to us. We're happy to answer these, th- uh, questions, as long as we have time to. Uh, Adam Murphy asks, as a team, who will get better returns, Everton or Wolves? Um, Zach, who do you think? I'd go with Wolves on that one. Um, I think they're much more streamable, plus they're the uh, first matchup of the week on the Friday, so you have more confidence uh, in whoever you select, uh, getting more minutes. Just expected minutes are, are going to be higher for them than, than Everton, so... Uh, along with that, since you chose Wolves, I will give you another part of his question because I think he's got four questions in one here. Uh, between <laughs> Bueno, Ran, Semedo, which one are you taking? Or are you not taking any of them? Semedo all day long, and I was dreading that question until I heard him. Um, yeah, between those those first two, I would start pretty much anybody. Like I'd start Coleman or Michaelenko over them. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, Semedo I actually don't think is a bad start. And I actually think, Nate, uh, that was a really good point you made about the yellow cards and the fouls. I think that's the biggest thing holding him back. His offensive numbers could actually be a lot worse. And uh, if they have any type of a positive game script or just neutral game script, uh, he's able to get forward and generate some chances. But, uh, you know, he's just been caught in the back foot, fouling people, getting yellows, and it makes his scores look really, really bad. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, he's, he's actually not as bad a play. I'd actually be more confident, I think, than you are about starting Tomato. But, uh, you know, that's just me, a guy who's not starting him in any of my leagues this week. Um, another part of his question here, I'll shoot over to you, Peter, was with Onana's knock, any chance Gray sees some minutes up top in a four four two formation for Everton or a wide winger with a Wobie tucking into the midfield? You know, now that I'm looking at this and I'm I'm seeing the recent rosters for, from Everton, has I don't understand why Damari Gray wouldn't be a lock if he's healthy. I mean, he is, especially they've lost Anthony Gordon. 
Tamari Gray is their most direct attacking player. He's the pretty much the only guy on the field that really wants to take the ball and drive at defenders. And they kind of need that option. They need that outlet against any team. So if 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 he's healthy, what did he what did he play? How many minutes did he play last week? Because he came off the bench, right? Yeah, he played 28 minutes. If he's starting, then absolutely. I mean, and he should, I think I saw him drop this week on my list. I'm getting frustrated by this because he is, you know, you kind of want to have the alpha. You want to have the alpha attacker on any team. And when he's on, he's it. I know Wobie's very consistent, but he's doing it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Gray's got a much higher upside. I mean... I would hope that Damari Gray starts. And I mean, I would, I may even go see, I think I saw him dropped. I may even go see if there's a spot for him on my team and, you know, catch him on the, catch him before this, the next version of, of his upside starts. Yeah. Well, I mean, any um, guy starting anywhere near Neil Maupai is bound see, to catch I'm, fire. See, well, and I'm just for, I'm just kind of backdoor building my case for Neil Maupai here. There you go. You, you you get Damari Gray in there, you know, taking on defenders and swinging in seven, eight crosses a game. Mopai's going to find one of them. Um, the last question of Adam Murphy's four-parter. Uh, off the top of your head, just give me one player, best non-double game week streamer. Uh, Peter, I'll take yours first. I know I'm putting oh, you on the spot. but What? Best non Double game week streamer. Um, yeah, that's that's tough to go off the head. Let me. Uh, okay, I guess maybe if he hasn't already been swooped up, even though he has, maybe Fofana for Chelsea. Maybe he gets sixty minutes. Um, I like that shout. And then you, you know, at that point. As long as his production is the same, you know you're not dropping him. Then you, you're holding him for at least another week to see if 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 it's going to continue. But you know, yeah, I mean that's that's tough off the top of my head. I'll I'll go with that for now. I'll, I hope I gave you guys some time to look. <laughs> Zach, who you got? Uh, I'd go with probably Elianusi from Southampton. Huh. Ooh, it's not a bad show. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, that's a lot more. That's a lot more creative than my answer. Yeah, well, I have s- more time, so. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm actually not even going to think about it that hard. I'm just going to stick with one of the players that I had in my starts of the week, um, because the defender landscape is pretty rough, especially with the teams that are blanking. Uh, I'm going to stick with Sufal, and honestly, I think either wingbacks that play or start for West Ham are probably in play this week um, going up against a forest side that like we said earlier has only scored three goals away from home all season so that's my option and the and the other uh, being being Emerson yeah I wouldn't be uh, yeah. too mad at that unless Cresswell yeah, no, gets like back that. into the side but um, to round things off we've got the another question here from Frog Taga uh, is Pope worth keeping for the blank in a league where Navas and Gaita are available? Uh, Zach, what do you think in there? Uh, whew, that's a good question. It depends how much you really need the roster spot because I do I do think people overrate goalies, for example. 
uh, I've dropped De Gea in both of my leagues. Um, as he's been a guy I've really enjoyed playing most weeks. Um, but it's not really worth holding anybody, I'd say, a goalkeeper except Pope. Uh, I, <laughs> I would I would hold on to him. It's only going to be the one game, the cup game. Um, so I think you can tough it out through this, this blank fixture week. And uh, I assume that would mean he gets a double at some point. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's just going to happen with every team, but he's probably the one guy I just can't get rid of. Like if here's, here's a kind of a way of rephrasing it. If he were on the waiver wire at this point in time, I'd probably spend about uh, two or three fab to pick him up. Yeah. I would agree with that. I would think that if you have the roster spice available, it might be worth dropping a midfield four or five option to pick up a goalkeeper that has a positive matchup and is playing this week. Um, just to see if you can get eight to 10 points. Cause how many matches have we all had that have been decided by less than that? Um, so I think it's better to go with a goalkeeper instead of without, uh, but I wouldn't drop Pope to get there. Um, and then, Oh, I didn't even notice, but yeah, this is a perfect question for you, Peter. Is Poro worth a hold given the Royal resurgence? Yes, absolutely. I am. We. <laughs> Emerson Royale is one of those people who kind of get at a loss for words because he's so frustrating. Because at one point you think, all right, he's absolutely done. He's he can't cross the ball with any consistency. He makes he makes horrible passes. Sometimes he, you know, he's 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 in a state where he can't even make a ten yard pass. But then the second we sign a forty-five, you know, million-pound right wing back who's exciting, kind of sought after, somebody who Conte obviously wants for his type of system, and then their Royale goes, and he just plays a phenomenal two games. He was in FIFA Team of the Week this week, so you know, the the optics and the PR look good for him. It's so frustrating because I am fully confident that he will degrade back to his his. <laughs> his 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 nonsense and and frustrating spurs fans he's he's weird he's such a weird player it's like he needs that that push of of somebody you know coming behind him he needs that competition and but yeah i absolutely hold poro be confident i think i think his time will come we we talked about as long as romero's back give him a start alongside romero and things will look much different yeah I am in the same mind. I think that you have two very opposite right wing back um, pro- player profiles, and I think that there will be matchups where Poro is needed on that right hand side to be able to take on a player to create from the right hand side, um, especially in a game where Tottenham will probably have more possession. So um, definitely worth a hold, but uh, go it look might at, take some go time. look at Poro. Sorry, go just go look at Poro's FB ref page and look at his and look at his comparison stats. There's way too mm-hmm. much green there to to be dropping him at the moment. Yeah, I agree. Uh anything else you guys want to add before we sign off? Mm, no, not for me. 
No. Enjoy the double game week. Keep out. Keep keep a lookout. There's another du- four more double game weeks in 27. There's a bunch of potential blanks in 28. Then about mm, one, two, three, like 11 double game weeks in 29. So if you're thinking Jesus. about making a late season push to try to make playoffs, try to win your league, start looking ahead a little bit and start sending out trade offers. Try to get some of those players who have more games left. And also keep an eye out for if you're in playoffs. I do this around this time and a little earlier every year. Start looking for the teams. Like if you're in a good position, especially if you're in a good position to, to already make your playoffs, start looking at the teams that have a particularly easy run of run of games for the past four or five weeks, depending on how long your playoffs are. And maybe try to acquire some of those through trade. And that's what I'm currently doing is trying to get those players that are going to really benefit me during the final home stretch in my actual playoff matches. Mm-hmm. Zach, anything to add? No, nah, I mean, Peter just said he didn't have anything and then just <laughs> dropped a whole fat load of wisdom on us. Yeah, sorry. Well, I brought up the double knowledge bomb yeah. fixture list and it got me thinking about some, you know, thinking ahead. It's got me thinking. Uh, one thing I will touch on before we end things is I know it's something that Uh, the three of us have talked about internally, but as far as when these double game weeks, blank game weeks come up, uh, certain players that might feel uncomfortable to drop because they're not playing this game week in order to pick somebody up to acquire points, to get you, to push you to that win for this game week. Uh, If you haven't already, sign up for our newsletter. It is the uh, pinned tweet uh at pl underscore on tap go ahead and sign up for that i will have a newsletter article out either tomorrow or friday hopefully tomorrow uh by the end of the night so that i can get that in before the waivers hit on friday uh but we will go over a couple players that we think of if you have an idea of a player that you're kind of on the fence about uh send that to us and we'll do a little write-up on if we think you should hold on to them or if they're worth dropping to try and go after this game week and uh, get the W. So keep an eye on that. Follow us on Twitter. Interact with us out there. Uh, ask us questions. Uh, throw anything at us. We're always here to help. Uh, good luck out there, and hopefully the three of us can continue to stay undefeated in our leagues. Uh, well, not undefeated, but we were all 3-0 and this week. So uh, hopefully that can continue. With that being said, appreciate all you guys. We are out. Peace. Cheers. Bye, guys.